Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Martin Studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little about root pits and what we mean by that exactly, as well as root digs. We believe it's incredibly important to look at the root system of the plant. Besides just looking at above ground growth, I don't care what crop we're talking about here. If you've got any questions for us, or if you'd like to talk about this topic or anything that's happening on your farm right now, we'd love to take your phone call. The number is 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. So this root pit thing, the first one we did on our farm was, I'm going to say, 25 years ago, something like that. might have been a little more than that. But anyway, it was, well, a couple of things that I'll tell you. First of all, it was out in one of our dad's fields, and he was all disturbed because we were going to tear up some of his corn because we didn't want to be on the end rows, which only makes sense. You don't want to be on the end rows. You're not going to learn as much as if you're actually out in the field just a little bit. Well, at the time, I'm like, Dad, how much does is each corn plant worth? And, you know, he stopped and thought about it for a second. And I'm like, well, let me run the math for you here real fast. Let's say that our crop is only worth $300 and we've got 30,000 plants. That's a penny a plant. Okay. Now, granted, today, if your crop's worth $900, let's say, uh, then that would be three cents a plant for 30,000 plants. Just as an example, I'm just throwing it out there. So anyway, I'm like, and I was joking, obviously, with him, but I'm like, Dad, here's five bucks. There's a payment for all your corn plants we just knocked down. So anyway, my point is don't get all disturbed about, well, you tore up a little crop. Yes, you're going to, but that tiny little bit that you're going to tear up is not worth much money. But the lessons are invaluable because I just want you to think about this. This is a root pit. A hole we dug in the ground 25 years ago or more. I'm still telling the story today. I can literally still see the root pit in my head because here's what happened. We dug this root pit, and it was during a drought, and our corn was uh, rolling up up above and everything. We dug this root pit four or five feet deep. We come back out the next morning. There's water standing at the bottom of the pit. And I'm like, look. I'm no genius here, but I am smart enough to be able to figure out that we don't have roots going down where the water is. We need to get more roots going down where the water is. And so we started changing a number of things on our farm because of that one hole we dug 25 years ago or more. So anyway, I'm not saying you're going to have this revelation like I did, but I am saying the odds are pretty high that you're going to learn something if you dig a root pit and just see what's going on below ground. All right, we're going to get to the phone lines right away. we got Jim calling in from Ohio with a tar spot question. Jim, how are you today? Good. It's not raining today, so. So you've had, have you you had excess rain, Jim? We've been, we were dry for a while till last week, and now we're getting rain. Oh, okay. Gotcha. There's even water standing in some fields. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, we got all our rain in about an hour. Uh, we got like five inches in an hour as a record for our state. Uh, well, I shouldn't say the state, for our county. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. So a lot of that ran off, unfortunately, but we, we did still get a lot to soak in. Anyway, what's your, what's your question on Tar Spot? Okay, I'm looking at your Insider Magazine. Okay. And you've got several 
fungicides okay. here okay. for tar spot. Okay. And last summer I bought some uh, Stratego yield and put it in a garage. Yep. And I'm, will that work for tar spot or should I be spiking that with something maybe? Oh, uh, will that work? I'm uh, yes, uh, it will. It's got proline in there, so I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, now, I, I mean, is it the greatest product ever? Um, no. What we like a little bit better would be Delaro, which has got the same two components as Stratego Yield, just a little higher rate of proline. So just make sure you keep your rate on Stratego Yield up, and then you're basically accomplishing the same thing as Delaro. And by the way, Delaro was the very first product, I, I believe, labeled on Tar Spot. But yeah, there are a number of different fungicides that will do really well on it. The biggest thing we suggest to people is just make sure you get a multiple mode of action product out there. So hopefully you have a couple things that are attacking it. But anyway, yeah, it should be fine. Just keep your rate up. How much higher would you see for a rate? Um, I, I, I'm not saying you have to do anything dramatic, but I, I just say, and, and I'm going to tell you the same thing for just about all products out there. When we start talking about some of these really tough diseases, like let's say it's tar spot, we just don't want to get too skimpy on the rates. What ends up happening a lot of times early on in the season, people are cutting rates, which I get it. The plant's small and everything. But if you cut the rate, then you don't have as much in terms of residual. That's the first thing. But the second thing is we just want to make sure we have enough there so our efficacy is good. So when you look on the, the label on field corn, what you're going to find is it's going to say for Stratego yield, I'm talking now, uh, it's going to say two to five ounces. Okay. But when... Okay. Yep. So, I mean, that's the overall rate. So if I look on the label today, uh, technically, is tar spot on there? No, it's not. But I'm just saying, if you are saying to me, all right, I've already got this product on hand. I got to get rid of it. What am I going to do? And I'm concerned about tar spot. I'm just trying to tell you that it's got the same two components as a labeled product. So is it going to work? It sure is, but I'd keep that rate up at five ounces. We have a lot of people that run four with Stratego Yield. Okay. Okay. Since my corn is uh, shooting tassels already, so I think oh. five ounces would probably work. Yep. And then the other thing is Stratego Yield, just like many of these other fungicides, will work on gray leaf spot, northern corn leaf blight, rust, I, I mean, just a number of different diseases. So it's a good product. Did you get any of that storm that they seen on, I seen on television? Oh, we sure did. Darren and I had a little argument about this yesterday because technically it was a derecho according to the National Weather Service. And I'm like, Darren, we did not have sustained winds of 50 knots, which would be 55 miles an hour. But whatever, I guess, if they're going to call it a derecho, fine. Yes, we got it. We got some pretty strong winds, 45 miles an hour and five inches of rain in an hour. So it was a record. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Corn rootworms are called the billion-dollar bug for a reason. If you don't control the adult populations now, their offspring will cost you later. Labeled for field corn and seed corn, Steward EC Insecticide from FMC offers a unique mode of action that delivers fast and long-lasting residual control of corn rootworm beetles and other tough insects. 
That proven chemistry makes it an excellent fit in integrated pest management and insect resistance management programs. And with less effect on beneficials than many traditional chemistries, Steward EC Insecticide reduces your risk of creating other pest issues like flaring spider mites. Choose Steward EC Insecticide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions and precautions for use. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit MortonBuildings.com. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Nozzles are your ideal choice for the Enlist E3 herbicide system. With coverage comparable to flat fans and with 90% less drift, ULD nozzles meet all required standards for Enlist applications and provide optimal performance of contact herbicides. Learn more at pentair.com slash hypro. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and our topic is root pits and root digs. But, of course, our phone lines are always open at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll tackle any agronomic question you've got. A lot of questions right now about side dressing and nitrogen and those types of things in different parts of the country, and we got one of those for you right here, Kelly, up in North Dakota. Kelly, good to hear from you. How you doing? Oh, very good, very good. I'm glad to hear you guys uh, fared well through that storm. Yeah, we we lucked out on that again. I mean, it's it's uh, boy, there's a lot of a lot of damage out there, no doubt about that. Yeah, well, we're spraying for a lot of grasshoppers right now, but we've had timely rains, so so um, lots of uh, potential yet still in western North Dakota. But say you know, um, we're in western North Dakota wheat country. But I have a question for you guys about irrigated corn. You ready for this one? I bet you are. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I sent, I believe uh, I sent you some soil tests yep. with a uh, traditional DDPA and corresponding Malik at a 0 to 6, 0 to 12, and a hefty signature 12 to 24. <laughs> and I also got a corresponding uh, tissue analysis adjacent to each of those uh, spots where I biopsied the soil. Gotcha. So um, have you gotten a chance to look at those? I, there's a lot there yep. to digest, but it's all from Midwest Labs, so I think yeah, I got uh, it. you guys are pretty uh, comfortable reading those. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, um, my question is, you know, we're not totally set up for uh, raising this corn, but we are trying to apply some liquid nitrogen. It'd be a 2800 uh, product. Sure. And we have a few different options, but one of them was we were thinking about laying it down with a, a conventional uh, uh, big boy type sprayer. And we were wondering about um, doing this, uh, specifically uh, given those soil tests 
and tissue analysis, what would be a, a fair rate? Would uh, would it be like 30 to 40 pounds if we do two applications? Should we do this in one application for the year, or, or what? Uh, we're just sort of new to this concept. Okay, got you. All right, so here's what I see. It looks like your cation exchange capacity is 14. So we usually, just for rough math, will say 10 times your CEC, that's about how much nitrogen your soil can hold at any one time. And again, that's an approximate. But here's the factor that for all of our listeners, you got to think a lot about. It's how much rain do you normally get? So Kelly just said he irrigates. All right. So that's rainfall the way I look at it. But the, the flip side of that is he's in an area that doesn't normally get a lot of natural rain. So between, let's call it the 1st of September and the 1st of June, how much precip is actually falling? Not a tremendous amount. So my point here is, could he, in this case, put out some fall nitrogen? Yeah, probably. Could you, Kelly, put out some a lot of spring nitrogen? Yep, you probably could. But what we typically do on our farm is we put out a lot fairly early because we're in a dry area, not as dry as yours, and we have a little heavier soil. And I just want to make sure our crop never runs short on nitrogen. And this year, we actually probably underdid it on a couple of fields. Uh, so I, I feel bad about that, but we just didn't have any rain. We coltered. We put our nitrogen on with coulters early post-emerge when we had 100, 150 pounds out there, but we still just didn't get enough in the plant because we weren't getting enough moisture. Mm -hmm. You are in control of your moisture, so you can do side dress and put rain on it and you're fine. So to your question, in terms of how much should you put on, we were just running through this with a group of farmers yesterday. Um, but so here's my first question. What stage is your corn at? It's at that three-collar stage, like a five-leaf about knee-high. Oh, okay. So it, uh, yep. and, and growing. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. So it's, it's very early. And so mm -hmm. what I mm -hmm. will tell people is one of the calculations that I'm after is how much of the nitrogen has already been used. So if we're only talking V3, you've only used five to maybe— I think it's a little bigger than that, Brian. I'm just guessing. Just, so you say it's close to knee-high? Yeah, yeah. But when were the, the samples pulled? And and I should have. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't ask the right yeah. question there. When were the samples pulled? How big was the corn at that point? That's what I mean. Looks like July well, one on the tissue sample. Well, yep, yeah, that's when it ran. So I, I went to your uh, scouting field day. You guys gave me the knowledge and the confidence to go out and do this. I went right home to the farm and did it on June 29th. <laughs> okay, so, got it. So, the, so, the, so okay. we're just a couple. I just got all the results in and and uh, put it all together on a PDF to get it to, for your expert opinion. Okay, yep. So anyway, where I was going with this is at V nine or about V nine, twenty five percent of the corn's nitrogen has been used. When you're at let's call it V six, V seven, something like that in that range, it's probably only ten or fifteen percent of the plant's nitrogen is have has been used. So anyway, we were going through this exercise with some farmers yesterday and I just said, okay, you can go to the Ag PhD fertilizer removal app and it looked like your, was your yield goal 180? Am I right with that? Or do you want me to plug a different number in? No, 180 is, is okay. uh, where we're at. So 180 bushel corn needs 202 pounds of nitrogen. So I need 202 and let's just say that already 10% has been used. So I only have to worry about the remaining 90%. That's what I care about. So 202 times 
I have 182 pounds that I still need yet. If I add up your 0 to 12 and your 12 to 24, I'm somewhere around 100 pounds, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just doing quick, yep. super quick math. So if I have 100 pounds that's out there right now, and I'm assuming we're going to use that stuff that's down in that 12 to 24-inch range. Now, if you have compaction or problems that you can't use it, that's a different story. You might have to use apply a little more than what I'm suggesting here. But my point is you need 182 You yet this year. You've got 100 out there. You're going to get a little bit out of your soil's organic matter, but you don't have much. you got like 2% organic matter, and you're in a colder climate than us even. So at most, I'm going to figure 35 or 40 pounds. For easy math, let's just say 40. So that means I got 182 minus 100 uh, minus 40. So that leaves me with I still need 42 pounds at a bare minimum. i got to have at least 42 pounds. So if you, if you do the math on that for liquid 28%, liquid 28 is roughly uh, three pounds of nitrogen per gallon. So then that's telling me I got to put on, let's call it 14 gallons of liquid 28% at a minimum. Now with your pivot, I, I, and it's me, I'm just going to run it through the pivot and I would probably do it multiple times. In other words, I'd split that up. I do, let's call it five or 10 gallons right now and the rest later or something like that, but you can do whatever you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're, we're not set up to fertigate, but it'd be for us to be about an, another 5,000 bucks or if we were going to put on Y drops on our sprayer, it'd be about 8,000 bucks. Yep. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, yep. I sure like that option to fertigate. That's a nice thing. The other thing, yep. Kelly, I'm curious about is drain tile. And I don't remember if we talked about that when you were here. What's your game plan on drain tile? The reason why Darren's asking is your sodium levels are really, really high to the point where it's hurting your yield right now. And if we can solve that sodium problem over time, it's going to take time. Because I'm betting that's coming that out of the irrigation water. Probably. Yep. yep, it sure is. We are... We are very, very concerned about that on our farm. We have, uh, I'll call you back. Well, I'll follow up on that one. Sure. I have some um, uh, locally sourced lime being tested as we speak. And uh, the game plan for tiling uh, is also in progress. Uh, so, yes, that high SAR is, is a deep, deep concern on our family farm. Uh, so another question would... Uh, if I heard you right, uh, we're like, uh, how many gallons did you say again? A bare uh, minimum of 14 gallons of liquid 28% to get your 180 bushel corn. Okay. Would I get any uh, return if I put a, uh, some foliar boron in that? My tissue analysis was, I had a little bit low for, for yep. boron. We haven't historically put that on. Is that worth it at this point? Um. Okay, so... I'd, here, I'd be interested in throwing a little bit of that in. Yes, I would. Just keep the rate really low because for 180 bushel corn, you do not need much. But yes, your soil test is only at 0.5. Your tissue test is already low. And remember, tissue tests are not predictive. They only tell you what's there today. But my prediction is at some point you're going to run short on boron, especially as you get near tasseling. Hey, thanks for calling, Kelly. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It takes balance to be successful in farming. Because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. 
It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients. AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zeopro Miticide from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about root pits, root digs, and tackling your agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head down to Oklahoma. Got Steve Allspaugh with us right now. He's a state soil scientist there. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm good, fellas. How are you? You know, we're doing pretty well, and I was just out in one of our fields doing some digging and looking below ground, and I know Brian was talking earlier in the show about the first time we did a big, deep root pit to really see what was going on out there. It's eye-opening, and we we sure encourage others to do this. I would assume this is something you get to look below the level of the ground uh, quite often with your job. Yeah, that's correct, and and you know I think it's a good idea for all producers to carry a shovel with you when you're out in the field and take a little time, dig a hole, and see what you see uh, underground. Um, you know, one of my first real moments of, of 
you know, being surprised we did a field day back in, I think it was around 2006 and we, we did a, a pit in a cornfield and we dug, you know, 70 inches deep and we had corn roots um, that went that deep in the soil. Yeah, it's it's fun seeing how deep things go. And I know when we get dry periods during the year, we see those roots go down deep. And a lot of times we say, man, it's it's not a bad thing to have a little moisture stress early in the season just to, to encourage those root systems to get down deeper. What are they doing when they're down that deep, Steve? Is it all about water? I, primarily, I think it's really survival. You know, when we do get in those drought conditions, there could be some nutrients down there. You know, you're you're in the part of the, the soil profile where you have some, some re- relatively unweathered minerals that are available, so they might be able to pull some of the, you know, nutrients that they need out of that. But a lot of the nutrients are, pro- you know, provided by the microbiology in the soil. They bring those things to the plants. You know, when you're looking in the soil, there's a lot of questions farmers have. They they look at, well, what's the difference with the A horizon and the B horizon? And uh, what can be done to improve things a little bit deeper in the soil? What are you what are you seeing down in Oklahoma? Are these the kinds of questions you're getting? We do. Um, you know, the, the biggest difference is the organic enrichment in the A versus the B or C horizons in the soil. So, and that's the part that we can manage, you know, with our our management system and so uh, the biggest impact we can have is is you know let's put more carbon in than we're burning off in in our program you know traditional farming systems had a lot of tillage and a lot of the carbon in the soil was lost in the last hundred plus years so trying to rebuild that is uh, one of the goals that we have here you know historically at least here in Oklahoma most of our soils would have been about three to five percent organic matter content. We see a lot of cropland fields now that are a half a percent. And so those soils can't really provide a lot of uh, nutrients to whatever we're growing at the time. Yeah, there there are so many things going on. I know one question, Brian, I get a lot about is organic matter and uh tillage and just overall where are we heading with our soil and and you mentioned you know with a lot of the practices we've done we have influenced things is that influenced primarily in the top six inches or where do you see that i think the biggest impact is definitely in that tillage zone you know for the most part six inches to eight inches is where most of the impact has been maybe back in the days where they they use some mobile moldboard plows and uh, some of the one-way plows they might have had an impact a little deeper than that Um, so that's the part of the soil that can be changed the the easiest based on how we manage that soil Um, you know one of the the concepts of soil health management we like to talk about systems is we try to use no-till or minimum as much as we can so that we don't disturb the soil and in in doing that, we don't really disturb uh, the microbiology that's living in the soil. 
Yeah, absolutely. When we uh, do root digs, when we're looking below the soil surface, which we encourage everybody to do, you see the impacts of the practices that you're using. And uh, certainly a good thing to, to kind of understand what's going on, how you're impacting this whole system. Talking with Steve Allspaw down in Oklahoma. Steve, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. No problem. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Let's head over to Colorado. Got Ron Meyer with us with Colorado State. How you doing, Ron? Hey, doing good. Good afternoon. Yeah, we're doing great here. We got a, a nice rain last night, and uh, that's going to green things up for us. And and so, yeah, we're feeling pretty good about agriculture right now. Awesome. That's that's fun. I know we caught a big rain, like five inches of rain in an hour, and I was kind of curious, man, I wonder how deep that got into the soil. So I was doing some digging today, uh, just seeing, well, how far down did that moisture go in some areas, like the hilltops? Not as far as I would have liked, but down in the lower ground, it, it looks pretty good. Uh, did you guys get a good shot, and, and how far did it soak in? I know you had some pretty big cracks in some parts of your state. Yeah, we were so dry, and so we got an inch and a half here at Burlington, Colorado, on the eastern side of the state last night, and uh, we did get some runoff, so you know the flat soils caught most of that. Uh, the soils with a little slope to it lost a little bit of it, but still we were so dry that uh, most of it soaked in. And so we're, we're just pleased about that right now. You know, when you're digging and uh, helping farmers to understand what's going on in the soil around, what are some of the, the big keys that you'd say out of, out of root pits or root digs that, that you're trying to point out? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, number one, you know, there are all different kinds of corn varieties, wheat varieties, uh, different varieties of crops out there. So we can actually compare uh, root robustness by variety. And so some varieties have, you know, a, a decent uh, root uh, that is fibrous and aggressive. Other varieties, not so much. And so that's the first thing we look at. The other thing uh, is we test for soil compaction regularly here. We have our silt loam soils and they'll compact pretty easily. And so the other thing a root dig will show you is, are there compaction issues in that field? And if there are, you got to mitigate them because uh, that's uh, you know, pretty detrimental to crop growth. And so um, compacted areas will show up when you dig roots out. Uh, you look for root growth that goes down and then horizontal. And that means you've hit some compacted layers in the soil and the roots aren't able, able to penetrate that. So if roots are going down, corn roots especially, we found them below five feet uh, in some fields. You know, that's a good, healthy system to be looking at, and uh, you, you know you don't have compaction issues when you see that. We typically see compaction at about uh, six to eight inches below the soil surface when it occurs, and um, so it's easy to find it's shallow usually. Yeah, I like looking for those compaction layers, too. You can do it in a lot of different ways. I know sometimes when we dig uh, great big root pits in there, uh, who knows, 10 feet wide and 4 feet deep, this kind of thing, growers say, oh, man, I don't want to do that much work. You don't have to. You can just say, use a shovel or a post hole digger, and you can go down a couple of feet and, and see for yourself where, where that point of resistance is, where you can pull a knife through and where you can't. And when you think about it, hey, I get a sharp knife blade, how on earth could a tiny little root hair get through this if I can't with my sharp knife blade? Uh, that's that's what that I always talk so about. True. Yeah, that is so true. You're right. And yeah, I I actually, uh, you know, in lots of fields, I take a tiling spade shovel out there. So it's got about a foot and a half 
uh, spade to it. And you can find compaction pretty easily, uh, especially the hard compacted soils. They'll show up uh, and you develop a feel for that as well. Yeah, I always have a tile spade with me too. I think it's really important just to see what's happening below the soil surface. So you guys have been pretty dry out there. I'm guessing root systems are down quite a ways this year. Yeah, we're we've uh, we've stressed that corn plant, uh, especially on dry land, and so they that forces those roots to go down deep, looking for moisture, and uh, they're doing that. Uh, so that's good news. We've been, we've had some days in the 90s, and if you've got a corn field that is not rooting down and the roots are in dry soil, it'll wilt on you. And we haven't we haven't seen that yet. As dry as and hot as we've been, we've got uh, corn plants that are actually looking pretty decent. This rain will help them out even more. Absolutely. You know, the other reason, yeah, and the other reason we dig corn roots is it's corn rootworm season now. Ooh, so ooh, hey, great, corn- great point, Ron. I, I just, in fact, uh, found some on our own farm today. I'm, I'm going to talk about that right after this break. Hey, Ron, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. In a world of Veltima fungicide. Hey, let's do it less dramatic. Just say Veltima fungicide. Okay, Veltima fungicide. No, that's literally the same. Veltima fungicide. Still doing it. Veltima fungicide does it. Seriously, we just need you to say Veltima fungicide. Swift, simple, and secure. Didn't I? Veltima fungicide from BASF in cornfields this summer. Always read and follow label directions. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact emerge planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more. And don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. 
There's a new kind of crop protection in your territory, and it's always on the hunt. Howler fungicide unleashes the power of the plant's microbiome and multiple modes of action to deliver extended, broad-spectrum protection against soil-borne and foliar diseases. With all the advantages of no residue, zero PHI, minimal REI, and take mix flexibility. Get the fiercest, most effective protection available with Howler fungicide, a product of AgBiome. Learn more at agbiome.com howler. talking root pits and root digs here and some would say root what are you talking about it should be root okay well you can call it a root pit if you want but uh you, you can say it however you want it's the same thing you're looking below ground and seeing that bottom portion of the plant oftentimes we say hey it's about half of the plant mass is below ground so you got to dig and see what's going on and just before the break ron meyer with colorado state had mentioned corn rootworm uh, so I dug up some volunteer corn plants that we haven't killed yet. Need to make another application out there and wipe these guys out. Wait, whoa, whoa. Is this our ground? Yeah. Where is that at? Just where we were digging this morning. Oh, well, at the, our field day site. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, not in our field. We've yeah. killed all right, the volunteer corn. Right on corn the in Ag PhD field, field oh, okay. day site, yeah. right? We, we and, do a lot of those of, things on purpose. One of the late planted soybean plots, there's some volunteer corn out there. I dug some up. Sure enough, found corn rootworms on the roots. So something to keep an eye out for as you're doing those digs. Uh, dig up a few of the volunteer corn plants. If you still have some growing on your farm, you might be surprised what you find. Let's head over to Indiana. Got Roger running on with us right now. Roger, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Uh, looking for some rain right here. We can't buy one for nothing where I'm at. Ah, oh, goodness. I wish we could have shaved off a couple inches off the five inches we got in an hour and sent them over to you. That would have been perfect for both of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you getting ready for your big field day yet, or, or you guys got a little ways uh, to go? It will be August 17th, so kind of working on cleaning in the shop off and on. Sure. But yeah, August 17th, we're going to, oh, this is going to be a biggie. You guys might need to come out. Uh, now you mentioned hey roger he's putting it together roger you mentioned cleaning out the shop and i'm thinking you know every farmer if their wives are listening right now they might say you know what uh maybe we should have a field day that might force my husband to clean up his mess out in the shop that's probably the main reason we have (laughs) hey before you describe too much about what's going on roger where can you find the details do you have a website do you put something out uh is there any information Uh, it'll go on facebook the it'll be on uh all some websites the decatur county soil and water website will have it oh i get it on a few different ones sometimes no-till farmer we can get it on there, Midwest Cover Crop. Yeah, what's uh, your and what's your town in Indiana where you're at? Greensburg. Okay, so yeah, if you halfway get it, between Indianapolis and Cincinnati. Uh, I say Lauren Steinlog is putting this one together. He's out. You guys neck of the woods, I think. Right okay. in Iowa somewhere. Uh, big name. He's putting it. Uh, Dave Brant said he's going to come over i mean these are guys are all volunteering now to yeah come over. that's the fun it's going to be here and there's another three or four large names 
that are in discussion about maybe coming. I'm not at liberty to mention names yet, but excellent, excellent. Well, it that's, should be interesting. Yeah, it's going to continue to develop here. And one of the things I know uh, you like to talk about is what's going on below ground with some of the different cropping practices. What are you seeing? I know you're oh, seeing yeah. some big improvements with some of the changes you've made here over the years. Oh, it's just amazing. I mean, the, the soil, how it's loosened up. We dig pits every year at the field day. Uh, to see the topsoil going deeper, that's what I've always said. I I can't afford to grow my farm horizontally, but I can grow it vertically. And I think that's where we're gaining a lot of our yield and a lot of our good is Instead of four, six, eight inches of growing medium, I've got 12 to 16 now. And we're working a whole bunch more. A year and a half ago, I dug a few pits out in my field, a newly rented field, and a neighbor's field. And I had uh, six to eight NRCS soil scientists spent two weeks out here digging, sent tons of dirt over to the national lab and uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, just trying to follow this stuff and see the differences. It was all done each field in the same soil type. And we went out in a woods that had never been touched. So, yeah, I mean, you have to work underneath if you want to know, if you want to get better on top. Yeah, no question about that. It all starts and I, with the root. And I like this too, Roger, that you invite people out right in the middle of the growing season to, hey, you, you want to see how it works? Come check it out. Come do some digging. I, yeah. I'm assuming you can bring your own shovel if you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to. I got shovels and diggers, and we usually go out and we'll dig a few uh, crop, corn, soybeans, and bring in just to see differences in root systems and how they do. And we've been, you know, digging them up here recently just to compare. And with this hot, dry weather, we're seeing a lot of improvement on the healthier soils. Yeah, that's Plants true, Roger. I didn't, on top. I didn't put two and two together, but uh, you have been dry. So it's going to be even more impressive what's going on. And I guess it's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on. And we'd love to have you on this time of year because we know you're always doing a field day. And, uh, again, we're talking with Roger Wenning over uh, near Greensburg, Indiana. He's got a big field day coming up August 17th. So uh, check that out. You can find more details online. And uh, if you head there, take some pictures and share them online, too, because we'd all love to see them. Hey, Roger, good luck. Really appreciate having you on. Good luck cleaning the shop. That's probably the hardest job here, but uh, have fun at your field day, too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. And like I say, you guys are welcome to someday if you get bored. All right. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it, Roger. Well, hopefully we send you some rain here before then. That'd be really nice, too. Yeah. Okay. You bet. Thanks, Roger. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's head back to South Dakota. We've got Nathan Jones with us right now uh, as a state soil scientist. Uh, Nathan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Pretty good, and and I, I always think of our own state of South Dakota as being pretty interesting because somewhere is going to have a drought, and somewhere probably has too much water, and it's exactly what's going on this year. So tons of differences out there when you dig below the soil surface. Absolutely. It's been a crazy year, not one we expected for sure. 
You know, one thing that we get for a, lot, a question, uh, a lot of times, Brian, I'll say that we're from South Dakota and, and we'll get questions about, man, I know you guys in the last generation here have greatly reduced the amount of tillage in your state. And uh, they've heard various speakers from South Dakota talk about the increase in soil organic matter and uh, just what we're doing to reduce erosion and improve uh, productivity, even through some tough years. Can you talk about that a little bit, Nathan? What, what are some of the changes that you've seen? So, you know, basically what you've just said, uh, mostly central and western South Dakota, we've seen a decrease in tillage and a big increase in, you know, soil conservation practices, no-till, uh, diverse crop rotation, cover crops, stuff like that. Uh, we would like to see that further east take place, but uh, we still seems to be a little bit of pushback from some of those uh, producers out there. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we all we all have a hard time changing our ways, and so it's important. It's kind of one of the reasons we're talking about root digs and, and root pits on today's program. Uh, but I know for our own farm, one of the things that we've done and an opportunity that we found is with silage for a, a neighboring dairy, man, we've got a great opportunity to get a cover crop out there, hold that soil in place, and, and keep the, the soil health good. Uh, progressing forward by by providing a living host out there for all the microbes in the soil uh are you seeing some opportunity as as we're we're i mean our environment's changing here with more more dairies coming in more silage getting cut i would think so you know i haven't seen anything personally but the more we talk to folks around the state especially in our soil health coalition uh more people are looking for that opportunity to you know involve livestock somehow whether it be bring it on to their operation or, in your case, with a, with a dairy nearby. You know, when we, we do these digs, Nathan, uh, what are some of the things that you'd point out or, or if, if growers are encouraged to, to go outside and do a little bit of digging today, what are some things they should be looking for? You know, I guess what I would probably do, I'd take a look back in the, the old printed soil survey manuals. The initial ones. We can't get those anymore, but you can look for the newly updated stuff online. But I would compare what they described your soil to 40, 50 years ago to now. Interesting. To get an idea of where your topsoil is and whether you've grown your topsoil or whether you've lost your topsoil. That's a great point. It's a nice little report card for how we're doing on the farm. Uh, speaking with Nathan Jones here. Nathan, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Stay tuned. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Do you have crop failures due to flooding, drought, or another event? You may need to consider a better burndown regimen. Adding just two ounces of New Farm Panther SC to your tank mix not only provides faster results, it provides residual that lasts. You gain flexibility to keep your cropping options open. Ask your dealer for Panther SC and get Panther Power in your tank.
be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. Stop wasting time and money with obsolete adjuvants and foliar fertilizers. High-yielding crops require high-performing multifunctional products like the Fulltech Adjuvant Cube and Impulse from Spraytech. Contact your local retailer or visit spraytech.com for more information. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit farmshopmfg.com for more. When I step on someone's farm, I feel like I've already walked a mile in their shoes. I spin spring on the tractor and fall on the combine. I see the excitement in my kids' eyes on our farm, but worry if there's enough of it for all of them. I make sure everything Case IH makes meets the challenges farmers face, because I face them too. My name is Ryan, I am a farmer, and I work at Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Come on in. The Ag PhD mailbag is about to begin. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, and the Ag PhD mailbag time means we're taking your calls and your emails throughout the rest of the show. So it's radio at agphd.com if you want to send us something via email, or you can always call us at 844-44-AG-PHD. Because screaming at the radio just doesn't work. You just have to call in and and discuss it with us. Uh, So Kelly from North Dakota called in earlier, uh, just trying to dial in nitrogen at side dress time on corn. Uh, They do have a pivot, don't have fertigation capabilities just yet. Uh, But we get a couple of responses uh, from that. So the first one here, this one comes from Mitch. And he said, uh, just based on that caller here from earlier in your show that needed 180 pounds and roughly for the corn crop and a hundred pounds were believed to be in the soil. Is it fair to say the crop can remove a hundred percent of that soil N as a source, or should we say that only 40% is potentially there to transfer at a hundred percent transfer efficiency? Okay. So when we were talking to Kelly earlier in the show, I, I saw we were already running up against time so I didn't go through more of the details, but thanks for asking the question because you're dead on right. What I so yesterday, for example, when we were running through this with a number of farmers, I I, I talked for I don't even know 15, 20 minutes on this one topic, and I said, all right, let's keep in mind the figures that I just came up with, like these those figures that I came up with for Kelly. I'm figuring no loss from leaching or denitrification of either the end that's in the ground already or any N that you apply. 
I'm figuring that you're going to get 100% extraction, which you're not. Now, it might be close. You might get 80 or 90%. It's possible, especially when he has irrigation and not the heaviest soil in the world. So as long as he doesn't have massive compaction, he might be able to extract a lot of that nitrogen. I wouldn't think it's going to be as low as 40. I also wouldn't expect it's going to be 100%, but 80, 90, you know, something like that, I I think that's feasible. It's, it's possible. I'm not saying it's for sure going to happen, but it's possible. I'm also figuring that whatever nitrogen is there is going to be immediately available. So like the organic matter, we figured roughly 40 pounds for the organic matter. Well, that's going to come slowly over a long period of time. So, you know, timing is a part of all this thing too. But yeah, if he's already got 100 sitting there, he puts on another 40 or 50 pounds right now. I'm not that worried about that organic matter thing because, you know, there is a lot of nitrogen that's needed later in the year. But one of the things I didn't get to in when we were talking to Kelly is between V9 and tassel, about 50% of the corn crops nitrogen must be taken up during that time. 50%. And that's, you're talking maybe three-week time period, something like that. So you think about that Every day, how many pounds are we using? So I'm just running the math here. If we needed 182 pounds, that's 91 pounds over three weeks. So that's roughly 30 pounds a week. That's uh, what, four, a little over four pounds a day that that plant needs. Four pounds of nitrogen a day. He also had asked this question about boron. And it's like, you know how, how little boron you need? I mean, it's it's tiny. I mean, it might be one one hundredth of a pound. I don't know exactly what it is, but I mean, it's it's, it's not quite that low, but it's pretty it's darn really low. low. Pretty yeah, low. on a per day basis. All right. Another question that came up around that is, okay, since he doesn't have fertigation right now, can you put that out with a foliar fungicide, with a herbicide application, broadcast no. over no. the top? Is no. there any amount of nitrogen that's safe? Well, sure. There is an amount of nitrogen that's safe, but it's sure not 14 or 15 or 16 gallons. So I think out in that area, some guys are doing that on wheat. And a lot of times they're trying to put a lot of gallons of water with it, trying to... Well, that's a different That's a different thing. Yeah, it's a different so, crop. Well, no, I don't care about the crop. What I care about is you just said, I want to use a fungicide or something else you said. Uh, so if, if I get a fungicide out there, I mean, I don't want to water it down so much. So... Typically, you got to have, if let's say I wanted to run 15 gallons for easy math of 28%, I'd have to put on at least 15 to 30 additional gallons of water to safen it enough. So that's why people talk about using Y drops, for example, or dragging a hose or putting a coulter or whatever. So you can just run pure 28% because you cannot run pure 28% over the top of crop leaves when you're that high. So could you put a quart on? Sure. Could you put a gallon on? Probably. That wouldn't be a big deal. But you start talking about lots of gallons, it's not going to work. But with with if I had a pivot, there's no possible way I'm not going to invest in fertigation. I'd be using that all the time for something. A little bit of nitrogen, sulfur, boron. I mean, there are a lot of these nutrients where you could put just small doses on and be foliar feeding as you're as you're putting a little bit of water on every time you go across the field. All right. Thanks for the follow-up questions, guys. Uh, I got this one from Ryan over in Michigan. He said, uh, question about tissue sampling this time of year. We're in a dry area. If 
you have mm-hmm. deficiencies during a drought. Is there yep. really a deficiency? Or exactly. <laughs> does exactly. this come back to why you guys talk about the base saturation of K needing to be higher yep. than, than That's what part we of it. normally hear? Okay. So I, I mentioned this earlier in the show too about soil tests are predictive. Tissue tests are not. Tissue tests simply tell you what's there today. And you're right. You could have a whole bunch of, let's just use the use the potassium example. You could have a bunch of K in your soil, but if you have a, a, an extreme drought, so there's just no moisture in the soil, well, how's the K going to get in if there's no moisture there? It's not. So what we talk about often in our dry climate here and that we face drought so often is that we have to have more a higher percentage of K in the soil. We have to have more pounds in the soil beyond what we need. So this kind of goes back to the question we had a minute ago about, well, what percent of the soil's nitrogen can you extract? Well, it's much, much, much higher than potassium. Potassium doesn't move in soil easily like nitrogen does, but it depends a lot on where you're at and what your climate is, if you have irrigation or not. But, I mean, we've had years, I mean, the whole year where we only have 15, 18 inches of precip, counting the snow. So I'm just trying to say there's not a lot of moisture there to get that K in the soil. If we have a higher concentration, then even though the soil's taking a small drink, in that drink, hopefully, there's enough concentration there to give us the dose we need of K. All right, uh, got one in from Paul. He said, uh, hey, guys, on a program you did a few weeks ago, you mentioned about mesotrione accidentally being applied on beans. Well, uh, you thought it would be dead, dead, dead. Unfortunately, I was that guy <laughs> that actually had that situation, and it turned out to only be 1.6 ounces per acre that got put okay. out there pre. So that helps. And it did still. thin the beans out a little bit, yep. uh, but we luckily got an inch of rain right after that application, and now the crop is taking off and looking pretty decent. I, I don't understand it. Didn't think it would be possible, but so far, so good. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Hey, thanks, Paul. We really appreciate that. That happens uh, from time to time. I just, In fact, yesterday I was on the phone with some guys that had an accidental application as well. Okay, but there's a big difference between the plants dying and the plants not yielding well. So my our so point, we'll, well, yeah, but our, our point here is when we talk about plant death, I mean, you want a weed completely dead. Okay, so we got to get 100% death and we feel happy, right? Well, with a crop, any tiny little bit of injury, even if all the plants would have lived, I'm still extremely concerned that we have hurt the yield a lot. So I realize this is a mistake, not, you know, no intention, whatever. I get that. And we're hoping for the best for you. But yeah, just because, oh, the plants came through it does not mean they're going to yield 100%. So hopefully it turns out okay for you. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty nervous. Um- Got some tissue samples sent in from Brandon. We don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but he just was curious what our thoughts were. This is tasseling corns is down in Iowa, it looks like. I just looked at this. I saw the boron was like five or six parts per million. And to me, it says sufficient here. That seems very, very low. And, you know, it just brings to mind that a lot of these ratings uh, for the percentages that you want to see on a soil or a tissue test, uh, how are they setting those? Because I see nitrogen here. 
uh, is okay. Uh, I see potassium is really high, which is is great. Uh, but then you see something like the boron is really, really low. So uh, I, I don't know. They, they change these ratings depending on the lab as term, in terms of which number is going to hit a sufficient or a high or a very high. Um, that, that's just the first thing that I noticed. Otherwise, I mean, according to this lab, everything's at least in the sufficient. So as long as you can keep supplying those nutrients that you need, I think you'll be just fine. Hopefully that crop looks great. Thanks for sending in the sample, Brandon. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I had fun talking about roots and root pits on today's program, but be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. <laughs>